Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Vampire Diaries Diaries, your favorite podcast for raging parties, raging anger, and as always, raging hormones. My name is Beth and I'm joined as always by my esteemed co-host Claire and we're happy to bring you season four, episode three, The Rager. Until you said it just now, I didn't get the double meaning of the title that like Elena's so full of rage and now I'm just like brain, galaxy brain. I didn't get it upon first watch, but the second, well, actually the third time that I checked which episode number this was, because spoiler alert for any of our listeners who might not have noticed, at some point, was it this season or last season? I just said the completely wrong episode number. So now I'm just scared of doing that. So I always have to triple check them. Yes, it's clearly the only incorrect thing that either of us has ever said on this podcast. Yes, makes one mistake. We'll make sure that it never happens again. (laughs) A lot of mistakes were made in this episode of television. (laughs) Yes, starting off with whoever hired the person who is guarding Tyler at the hospital. (laughs) The temp agency deputies strike again. Yes. Oh, my gosh. The most incompetent group of people in the world. So, yeah, Tyler's in the hospital, I guess, faking injuries because we remember (laughs) last episode, Carol Lockwood said that she needed to call the ambulance for Tyler because he got shot in front of the whole town at the memorial service. Um, So he was in there, I guess, kind of like sleeping or something. And we saw someone creeping outside of his room and the one guard at the hospital um, just was like looking around, did not have a stance that they seemed like they were protecting anything (laughs) and were promptly attacked by Connor. Yep. Our favorite new character, Connor. He's at Mm. it again. Attacking left and right. And he sneaks on into Tyler's room but Tyler's not in his bed anymore oh my god (gasps) and they have a little tussle and Connor stabs Tyler in the neck with a syringe that has a paralytic in it apparently how I feel like a normal paralytic wouldn't work on a hybrid but whatever yeah and it only works for like 35 seconds yeah that's what it seems like but in that time he takes another syringe. He's just got syringes on syringes <laughs> in his utility belt or whatever. And he, oh, this grossed me out so much. I have this things about was, teeth. Oh, he t- yeah. stabs. It's like he's doing a Novocaine injection, except instead, apparently, he's pulling werewolf venom. I'm doing air quotes. Thank you. <laughs> out of Tyler's mouth. Okay, the Vampire Diaries, whatever. Sure. Werewolf I- venom. I watched it with Mike, um, and I was like, Mike, is werewolf venom a thing? Like, I've never heard of werewolf venom, and we didn't know. It is a thing now, and I, like, my gums hurt in sympathy. I've had Uh, some, like, very traumatic dental work done in the last year, and I'm just having flashbacks. Oh, yeah, like, I, this was, like, the most gory (laughs) part of any Vampire Diaries episode, I feel like. Mm Mm-hmm. It was worse than when Damon was, like, being tortured and hung by Rebecca. (laughs) And pulling his hands out of the bear traps. Yes, this was worse than that, honestly. I was like, oh, what's what's happening? There's just something about teeth. Yeah. Like, 
Again, the only time I ever think about Arrested Development is when we're recording this podcast, but there's the episode where Job chips his tooth or like breaks his tooth and for the rest of the episode, he's like whistling when he talks. I cannot watch that episode. Like it makes me want to throw up. Wow. That's how bad my like tooth issues are. Oh, so gosh. this yeah. this was rough for me and uh, listeners out there. I did this for you. I watched it and I recapped it and I'm remembering it right now just because I love you all so much. Uh, and we've talked about it so much so we can continue on. <laughs> um, so poor Tyler. Sorry, my dude. So, yeah, then we end that scene and we cut over to hashtag van life. Um, <laughs> Connor is apparently living out in the woods um in some sort of rv trailer situation and we see him like going through a bunch of like papers and notes and documents there's the letter that pastor young wrote to april and we see that he has two files um, on jeremy gilbert and elena gilbert so we see they've piqued his attention yes and while he's looking over his notes He's also, like, doing some science and chemistry. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, is this a meth lab? Like, what's going on? It's a trailer in the woods, and there's something bubbling in a beaker. Like, or am I watching Breaking Bad? That's what I was about to say. Strong Breaking <laughs> Bad vibes in the in the trailer. But seriously, what is he doing? Because you assume it's the venom, but it's right. like, why do you need to do science to it if you can just, like, feed it to a vampire and then they're sick? I don't, I don't I understand, know. Connor. And it already started out being, like, maybe two ounces of, like, venom in the syringe. So, like, I assume that he was, like, trying to, like, distill it down to, like, be, like, a, I don't know, like, a concentrate of, like, venom. But you're not going to get that much water out of that. I don't know. Yeah, it's been, like, 20 years since I took a science class. So I don't remember what heating liquids does to them other than make them go away um but sure connor you're doing a great job honey (laughs) meanwhile at the salvatore boarding house stefan has another automotive toy that he's uh working on he has a motorcycle seemingly on the front porch (laughs) yeah this was a weird shot because it's like shot through the open door like from the inside of the house (laughs) And the motorcycle is, like, front and center, like, through the door. It's like, we know you have a garage. We've seen it. (laughs) But Damon's like, what are you doing? And Stefan's like, I want to make Elena have fun with her vampire life. And this is involved in ways that you'll find out about later, I guess. Yeah, this is like, I don't know. I feel like this was a weird thing for for Stefan to do because... He's never really cared about Elena having that much fun before, I don't think. But fair enough. I guess David says something that offends Stefan because Stefan says, oh, we're still fighting, right? But I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. I don't know. They're having some sort of brotherly spat. I thought Stefan was the one who was mad at Damon. So why is he the one being like, oh, we're still fighting? Uh, Maybe it was Damon. No, that is what happened. Oh, it is? I just don't understand why, because Stefan was mad at Damon for feeding Elena his blood. Yeah. And, like, sneaking around with her. But then he's like, listen, Damon, uh, you traded blood with my girlfriend, and I punched you in the face, and you deserved it. Can we move on with our lives? And I'm like, maybe Stefan went to therapy. Like, okay. (laughs) Anything's possible. 
But apparently Damon already has heard from Tyler Lockwood about the hospital sitch because he's like, as we all know, werewolves carry venom in their mouths and the vampire hunter now has some. So I'm going to go kill him real quick and then leave town like we agreed at the end of last season. Yeah, and they, like, do that, like, thing where they recap. They're like, remember, whoever Elena didn't choose was going to leave town. <laughs> and something funny from this scene, too, I noticed that Damon kept referring to Connor as killing him and eating him. And I I feel like that was something that they just started saying recently, maybe. Like, they would always say, like, kill or maybe, like, feed. But I don't yeah. remember them saying that they were going to eat people. I don't know. It just yeah. seemed funny to me. It suggests that he's going to, like, actually eat his flesh rather than just right. drain all of the blood from his body, which is uh, a little extra. Yeah. But, hey, you do you, Damon. Yeah, Connor's at another level, so if we need to eat his whole body to <laughs> deal with it, then I guess it is what it is. You gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of having to do what one has to do, we're over at our favorite Mystic Falls High. I believe we're in the Stoner Pit. Which Matt then refers to as the place where he and Elena used to make out because he always likes to yeah. awkwardly bring up their old makeouts for some reason. Have some decency, Matt. But he has come to give Elena her breakfast because she can only drink from him right now for whatever reason. And yeah. she is, you know, feeling very emo, understandably so. But she drinks a little from his wrist and is like, I didn't drink enough, but... I might not be able to stop if I have all I want. Ah, the hunger, the hunger. Yeah. And Matt's all like, I could, I'm here to do this for you. You saved my life, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, why well, did it save you just to turn you into a human blood bag for, for me to use? <laughs> but she has very considerately brought a like Band-Aid brand, like elbow sized um <laughs> bandage instead of just a giant piece of gauze which i thought was a real improvement like they're stepping up their wound care game although many times in this episode i find myself thinking why doesn't she just feed matt a little bit of her blood after so he heals and isn't walking around with like glaring like neon signs saying a vampire has recently drunk from this part of my body when there's a hunter on the loose i know that's a good idea and a good point so Elena's like, or I think Matt is asking Elena if she's sure it's a good idea to be at school right now since she's having like insatiable th- blood thirst. Oh, okay. And she says the thing about like not looking suspicious to Connor, acting like a regular teen to uh, not blow her cover. And also she says, there's no way I'm bailing before graduation. I'm like, these kids still care about graduating high school. Like, Helena, you're a vampire. You have eternity to finish high school if you want to. Yes. (laughs) Or you can just compel, like, the school admin to make you a diploma. The world's your oyster, Helena. Also, who works at the school now that Alaric's dead? (laughs) I go to see a a single employee. (laughs) They go to history class, but no teacher is there before they decide to leave. And I'm like... Nobody is coming to teach this class. Nope. It does say, Civil War, who were the key players? <laughs> I think it was the North and the South. <laughs> but before we see that, uh, they find like a yellow flyer that looks like it's for somebody's house party, but it's actually town curfew now in effect. 
And Matt's like, well, yeah, the mayor's son did get, like, sniper shot in a church in front of the whole town. They gotta at least pretend to be doing something. (laughs) It's just so weird that they, like, printed them out and, like, put them on everyone's windshields instead of just, like, making an announcement at the school or putting it up on the website. Like, it was... It was in, like, the 2010s when this aired, so it wasn't like that technology didn't exist. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't have, like, a school slack or anything, but... Yeah. They could have just written something on their phone with a stylus and mass texted it to all the students. I will not see any of you on the street after 10 (laughs) (laughs) o'clock. So good. So then I think we leave... Elena and Matt over at school and we head over to the Lockwood mansion Mm. where Tyler and Carol are just waltzing into the house, like having a great time. (laughs) And we see that there's just a bunch of like strong men like (laughs) standing there in their foyer. And Tyler's like, what more deputies? Seriously? And I'm like, they're not wearing any kind of uniforms. (laughs) They look too strong to be deputies. Carol's like, actually, uh, somebody's waiting to make his grand entrance. It was this guy over here. And in strolls Klaus, who we haven't seen for like a week. I know. I thought we would have a longer hiatus from Klaus than than this. I was pretty shocked to see him back so soon. Yes, he says he was halfway to Chicago before he heard that Tyler was attacked. And I'm like, why were you going to Chicago to cry about your friendship your lost friendship with Stefan. I know. But he basically has wrangled some of his remaining hybrids to be Tyler's bodyguards because now that he can't make more hybrids, everyone that exists is precious and nobody gets to fuck with his kids. And it doesn't make sense. Like, Klaus should be, like, trying to murder Tyler at this point for many reasons, like by Klaus logic, but yeah, he just he suddenly has reasons to not want to kill all of the main cast this week. Which is like, okay, we want to keep having Klaus on the show, but we have a different villain this time, so we need to give him something else to do. Yeah, it's weird. I know. I was. It was very weird. I was like, um, okay, this seems weird, especially because isn't Klaus aware that Tyler broke the sire bond? Yes, he is. So like. What what is he really that interested in protecting Tyler for? I don't know. It's not like he could like whip him up into like his defense. I don't I don't know. It doesn't make sense and I'm just choosing to accept it and move on with my life yeah. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. No. I I have accepted it. I just wasn't sure if there was like something that I was missing. Like I was like he does. No, I th- I don't think we're the ones missing okay. anything. <laughs> Tyler's not sired too many more, right? Uh. But then we go back to history class. And as you said, there's stuff about the Civil War on the chalkboard because it is the only thing they study in history. Yes. (laughs) And when Rebecca strolls in and is like, hello, everybody, I really thought for a second that it was going to turn out that Rebecca was the new teacher. (laughs) And I was really excited. But no, she's just making a grand announcement about her anti-curfew party that she's uh, throwing at her new house because she's moved out of Klaus's. Yes. And she has flyers for this party as well. So we have a curfew fl- flyer <laughs> and a curfew party flyer. Yes. 
And yeah, like Rebecca walks up to Elena and Stefan and she's like, oh, Elena, are you coming to my party? I'd be happy to have you if you'd like to make some amends. And Elena's like, hell no, I'm not coming to your party, you crazy bee. Yeah. And I found the whole dynamic with Rebecca, Stefan, and Elena very strange this week, considering that the last we saw of the three of them, she was helping Elaine save Elena's life and like get her some blood so that she yeah. could turn into a vampire. But now suddenly everybody, I mean, they all have legitimate beef with Rebecca. She literally murdered Elena a few yeah. episodes ago and also almost Matt. But they were in a better place at the end of the first episode of this season, so... They were. But Elena is the rager in this episode, and she is directing all of her rage against Rebecca. Yeah, she sure is. And she has, like, some pretty good zingers towards Rebecca. Like, they start talking about Rebecca's new house, and Elena's like, oh, like, what happened? You moved out of Klaus's house. You left the only person in the world who actually likes you. Oof. Damn. And then Rebecca makes some half-hearted attempt to make Elena mad by being like, oh, well, I used to fuck your boyfriend 80 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and Elena throws a pencil at her real, yeah. like, she Zoom throws it, but Rebecca is 2,500 years older than her or whatever. I think it's only a thousand, but whatever. Uh, and catches it and throws it back and nails it right in the shoulder. And Elena's like, I knew it was a mistake to wear a red or a white sweater. Yes. And she like starts like ble- bleeding profusely everywhere and nobody in the classroom notices. <laughs> yeah. Everybody is just so used to it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it took 30 seconds for somebody to start bleeding in school today. <laughs> Yeah, it has so been like, zero minutes since our last <laughs> bloody wound. Yeah. Since last health hazard took place in this educational facility. <laughs> but yeah, like Stefan like quickly ushers Elena like out of the classroom and he's like, here, you need to like go clean up. And she's like taking her sweater off and he like points her towards the bathroom and Elena's like just so pissed off. So she's like complaining to Stefan. She's like, I hate Rebecca. I hate her. I'm I'm enraged. I didn't think I was capable of hate, but I hate her. It's like, you didn't think you were capable of hate, Elena? What? She definitely said she hated Damon after he snapped Jeremy's neck that one time. Oh, yeah. But that was the kind of thin line between love and hate sort of hate. And this is just seething rage. But she's like, I hate her and I hate that I hate her and I hate everything. Ah! And while this is going on, she notices that Connor is at school and Jeremy's over there at his locker. And Connor seems to be approaching him. And Elena's like, oh, no, I have to stop him. But... Stefan's like, division of labor. Here, you go clean up the blood gushing out of your shoulder, and I'll go see what's happening with your dipshit brother. Yeah. It's so unsafe that Connor's just roaming the halls of the school. Like, yeah, doesn't he have to, like, get a visitor's pass or something? I was gonna say, doesn't he have to show an ID and, like, check in with the principal? Ugh. 
And I think it's so funny that, like, nobody knows that he was the shooter when it was, like, a tiny church and he was out, like, openly on the balcony the whole time. And there's, like, somebody's looking at newspaper clippings at some point in this episode and one has the headline, like, identity of church shooter still unknown. <laughs> I'm like, okay, oh, okay yeah. Mystic Falls, okay. Oh, I yeah, I think that might have been in the camper or something, but I was LOLing at that as well. Yeah. <laughs> but Elena goes into the bathroom. This is the second week in a row that she's had to go and change some bloody clothes in a bathroom. So really, she yeah. should just start wearing black all the time. I'm just saying, just in case. Yeah, she has a lot of run-ins with blood these days, which bound to happen as a new vampire but yeah like even when yeah. she was feeding for matt she could have dribbled a little bit don't wear yeah. white especially when you have vampire hunters out on the loose yeah a big old blood stain is definitely like the number one giveaway <laughs> yeah so i'm pretty sure she has to just throw that sweater away now uh and she is wiping yeah. the blood off when suddenly a girl named Heather comes stumbling into the bathroom. And I don't really understand the whole deal with this scene. Did you understand the deal with this scene? I I mean, like, I get what Rebecca was doing, but it just was, like, kind of like a throwaway. But, like, <sighs> Rebecca's plan is to... Apparently she bit Heather outside and then brought her into the bathroom. Yeah. But her plan seems to be... I'm going to make Elena hungry and smear blood on her face and then leave? Like, oh, you burnt, Elena. Like, what? <laughs> what is the point? Uh, so I was thinking what Rebecca was hoping would happen is that Elena would just, like, fucking murder Heather in the bathroom and mm -hmm. that Connor would see and then he would kill Elena. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed very weird to me. It was weird. And it was very gross when Rebecca rubbed her hand on the bloody neck wound and then rubbed her hand all over Elena's face. Like, that's how you get diseases. Yeah. But a, we did get a very good vampire anger face out of Elena. True. Uh, in that scene. She, like, turned all gray and she had fags. It was like, stop! Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happens to Heather. Yeah. I don't know if we ever see her again. It's always weird when there's a character that they give a name to, but who, like, doesn't do anything. Yeah. Like, is this person important? Is it, like, a... What were the two, those two students who were, like... Alar Klaus's... Uh, oh. <laughs> minions, like, Chad and Dana? I forget. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Rest in peace to those two. But, anyway. Elena and Rebecca are feuding, is the point, I think. They sure are. <laughs> Rebecca's parting shot is, I'll see you in gym class, Elena. It's dodgeball day. I I was confused by that because I was like, is that a threat? Like she's going to like pummel her with dodgeball or like is she just making conversation in the end of the scene? I guess she's saying that she's going to throw a dodgeball real hard at her face or something, yeah. but... <laughs> It reminded me of when she told Bonnie she'd see her in physics class in that one episode at the end of season three. It's like, get a new uh, parting line, Rebecca. Yeah, for real. It's dodgeball. <laughs> and meanwhile, in a different classroom, 
Connor is having a heart-to-heart with Jeremy, but the main thing that I notice in the scene is that there's a poster on the wall of the classroom that says, Don't hate, calculate. <laughs> so I guess it's the math room. I, I missed this. And what does that mean? I don't know. Choose math over, like, gang violence. <laughs> Or maybe it's just tied into, like, Elena's feelings of hatred in this episode. And the point is that she should, instead of trying to kill Rebecca, she should join the mathletes. I don't know. Or, like, come up with a calculated plan against her instead of just being blind with rage. That would be too smart for the show. Don't hate calculate would definitely be Catherine's catchphrase. (laughs) She put up the poster. Oh my god, she's like hiding in an alcove in the wall behind the poster that has like two little pinpricks that she's spying through. Yes, perfect. <laughs> oh, I wish that was true. I don't have any idea where Catherine is right now. We haven't seen Catherine in a long time. Yeah. But yeah, this scene was very confusing to me. So I guess Connor has like looked up all this information about Jeremy and Elena. He's like, Jeremy, like, I know that your family has been through like so much shit. I noticed that you could see my tattoo. And I think that he explains to him that only vampire hunters or potential vampire hunters are able to see his tattoo. Yes. We got that little teaser last week that only Jeremy could see the tattoo and Matt couldn't. Yeah. So there's something about vampire hunters and tattoo vision, but he's like, listen, I'm not going to like try to convince you or anything. I'm just going to assume you're on board. Uh, I'm staying at this place on this road. So bring a vampire with you and I'll teach you how to kill them. I'm like, how does he think that Jeremy, if he doesn't think Jeremy knows how to kill a vampire is going to like get a vampire to just like come to an undisclosed location in the woods with him? Right. Like, maybe before uh, that, he should have a lesson in how to trick and subdue a vampire. (laughs) Yeah, let's start with step one here. Overestimating Jeremy's abilities. (laughs) It's just so weird because I, I, up until this point, had just figured that being a vampire hunter is just something that you, like, did. I didn't know that it was something that was, like, part of you. You know what I mean? Like... I think that's specifically Connor's deal. And yeah. they don't tell us a lot about it at this point, but like uh-huh. Alaric was a vampire hunter by choice. Like Right. Maybe with Connor it was like when you get the call to priesthood or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's like almost what it seemed like. Yeah. But all these dubious vampire hunters are always trying to recruit Jeremy to their armies and i'm like you did choose the correct target his mind is susceptible to that kind of bullshit yes but while that's happening i don't know if jeremy like told like called damon off screen and told him where connor said his trailer was because damon's just at connor's trailer now yeah and i noticed he did not need to be invited into it so i'm wondering one like, does oh. Connor own this trailer? Is it just, like, a public tra- trailer? Or do trailers not count as homes? Are poor people just fucked? Oh, that's a really good point. I didn't think about that. But he's going through all of Connor's 
stupid shit. Yeah. So Damon's like rifling through all of the papers and he reaches, I guess. So he reads the letter from Pastor Young and then he like reaches for something else and he gets like immediately stabbed with this like giant arrow or maybe it's two arrows and he goes, he's like ready to pull him out and he realizes that the arrows are actually attached to a bomb So if he were to pull the arrow out, it would go ahead and like trigger the bomb and the whole trailer would blow up and presumably Damon too. But I also had a question about this. Could vampires get blown up? I guess the explosion could theoretically decapitate them and that would kill them. Okay. Or like it would cause their heart to leave their body. So it would probably depend, but you don't want to risk it. (laughs) Yes. That's fair. I don't know if I'm just really stupid, but I couldn't figure out how this booby trap worked. Because he does eventually pull the arrow out and throw it away. But it's like, is it be... The only thing I can think is is because he would have had to pull it backwards because of the, like, arrowhead. And that would have pulled the pin, but it was very unclear to me. I did not understand. That's a good point. Now that you mentioned it, I like can't visualize why it worked for it wouldn't work for David, but it works for the person that he later calls to assist him. <laughs> I don't know. I am not a physicist. So <laughs> I'll move on. So many things that I tried to think about, but just decided to accept them and move on this week. <laughs> the show required it of us this week, for sure. Yes. So Damon's stuck there for the moment. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? And then we check back in at the school with Stefan and Elena. Yes. So they're back outside at Elena's makeout spot. Um, But this (laughs) time they're joined by Caroline. Um, And yeah, Elena's like still seething and still like super upset that everything went down with Rebecca and whatnot. And Caroline's like to Stefan, she's like, does Elena seem a little like off to you or a little on edge or something like that? And Stefan's like, yes, of course she's here. She's channeling every emotion into rage. Like this is common. She just has to like, let it come to terms and like let all of her rage in before she can let it go. She has this like a whole like elaborate explanation for what's going on. And Caroline tells him that he should go on the view. Oh, yes. And write a book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I gotta say, Elena, tra- uh, like, going through some shit and channeling all of her conflicting emotions into rage, that's the most I've ever identified with Elena in my life. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I am also the rager. <laughs> but, yeah, like, Stefan implies that he, like, understands that all of this is going on with Elena because this is a similar experience that he had when he became a ripper like so he knows what she's going through and then yeah so he explains to caroline and elena that now they should just definitely skip school um and he wants to take elena on the motorcycle ride to have some fun yes so they managed to get through not even a whole class like the bell had just rung to start class when elena and caroline had the not Caroline, Elena and Rebecca had the pencil showdown. So they they kind of <laughs> tried. Yeah, you tried. And then we go back to Tyler's house where we meet another brand new character. 
I'm glad that you said brand new character because again, I was watching this episode with Mike and I was like, who the fuck is that? I thought that it was someone that we were supposed to know, like from the past. So yes, the doorbell rings, Tyler goes to answer it and we see this smoking hot lady, Haley, standing there. Side note, they really blew the music budget in this episode because they had the Lumineers playing um, in this scene. Yes, that. Hohe is playing in the background (laughs) and it gave me flashbacks of early pandemic lockdown times when I was living in an apartment and my upstairs neighbor spent months trying to learn how to play Hohe on his acoustic guitar and it like it was such a long and arduous journey and at the beginning I couldn't tell what he was trying to play but I kept thinking it was Kiss the Girl from The Little Mermaid. (laughs) Oh that would have been better. And I was very disappointed when it turned out to be Hohe. Was he singing it too? No, it was just like he was picking out the melody oh. on his guitar repeatedly. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like the chords that he was singing it. It was yeah. like, yeah, gotcha. But I kept on thinking I heard do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, that would have been so much better. Anyway, uh, Haley does not make the greatest first impression because what she says to Tyler is, Hey, Lock Wolf. I missed that. How? Oh, my God. But before we get into, like, talking about Haley and whatever her deal is, I have to say that I learned some fun facts looking up at trivia on this episode today that I never knew before. I can't believe I didn't know this. But Phoebe Tonkin, who plays Haley... Well, first of all, I did know this. She was on. She's also Australian, just like Claire Holt, and they were on a show called H Two O, Just Had Water, or something like that, where it's about like teenage girls who turn into mermaids. Wow! But uh, apparently, she and Paul Wesley dated after his divorce for like a lot of years. Wow! Okay. They met on the Vampire Diaries, and I thought it was really funny because Meredith is in this episode too, and they like KO drama. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so that's another hot couple, just like uh, Klaus and Abby Bennett. Yeah. Phoebe Tonkin also, previous to this, was on the show The Secret Circle on the CW, which was about witches, and it got canceled, but they like to recycle their actors, so they brought her over to the Vampire Diaries. Was it, like, in the same world as, or, like, the same universe as Vampire Diaries, like, just from the witch side, or no? It was not, but it was like, they were marketing it as a sort of like similar supernatural kind of show. I never watched it, but I remember seeing the ads. Yeah, I feel like I remember seeing them vaguely as well. So those are all my fun facts about Phoebe Tonkin. Wow, I've learned so much. Thank you, Claire. (laughs) Anytime, anytime. But yes, she says, hey, lock, woof, and I wanted to die. (laughs) Uh, And... Yeah, so, like, she starts, like, recapping how they know each other, which was helpful to me. (laughs) But I still was not sure when she was saying all this. I'm like, when did this happen? (laughs) But basically, when Tyler went away to try and break the sire bond with Klaus, he met up with a pack of wolves, and Haley is one of them. And she helped him all over Appalachia, Appalachia, how do you say it? I chained you up all over the Appalachians, was (laughs) her exact phrasing. All over the Appalachians. (laughs) And 
they have like a moment where they like embrace and like it looks like they're gonna like make out for a second but then she like kind of like gives them a playful punch or something so it seems that there's some romantic undertones going on here as well Yes. Well, as we all know, men and women can't be friends. If you got a hot man and a hot lady in a room together, they probably have boned or will bone at some point. That That's just the yeah. law. <laughs> yep. And yeah, she like explains that she's there because one of the bodyguards that Klaus sent was actually in her wolf pack and they were like chatting and the bodyguard said that he was going to bodyguard for some guy named Tyler and Haley was like what are the chances and then she just like legit showed up there yes because Tyler is a very uncommon name Uh, it could not possibly have meant anybody else no she also mentions that Tyler had told all of them in the Appalachians that he grew up in a trailer park or something and she's like you liar you're actually super rich what the hell so we don't really know what Haley is dealing with yet. tell him to pour her some of the rich people's scotch. Oh, yes. I did appreciate that. <laughs> and then we go back to so, Damon's predict- predicament, I believe. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say. So then we go back to the camper where Damon has wrestled out his cell phone somehow without having the bombs going off. And he calls Meredith. Meredith of all fucking people. I know. I was like, what? <laughs> But I guess, like, his choice of people is, like, kind of slim. I guess. But he has called her. He tells her to uh, use her doctor skills to get this arrow out of him. (laughs) Like, call any other doctor. Yeah. But she starts, like, digging into his wound to try to, like, slice the tip off of the arrow or something. I don't know. Did she bring a scalpel with her? I guess she did. She, like, brought her toolkit or something. Or she's using the science project that Connor has set up. Oh, yes. Unclear. (laughs) But Damon gets a call from Elena and rejects the call. Oh, my God. Drama. Ooh. And Meredith says something about Damon being something pro-Damon. I don't remember what. Yeah, it's, like, something along the lines of, like, the fact that it's hard for Damon to, like, see Stefan and Elena together, but he's, like, doing a good job of, like, making it seem like it doesn't suck. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, these two, she stole his blood, but that's water under the bridge now, I guess, and they're friends. (laughs) They're both mourning Alaric, I guess. Yeah, it's bringing them closer. Unlikely allies. And she gets the arrow... Or she slices the end off the arrow. Damon pulls the rest out and throws it. I did like when she came in. She was like, is that a bomb? And Damon's like, relax. You're going to be fine. (laughs) It's just a bomb. (laughs) But he is out of his little trap now. Yeah. And I guess another thing that happens here, too, is that Meredith um, and Damon both see the letter uh, that mm. Pastor Young wrote April, so they're like, what kind of greater evil could be coming that <clears throat> has already existed in this damn town? <laughs> but now that Damon is free and he's palling around with Meredith, we go back over to the school where it seems like first period is over or whatever because everybody's in the hallway and Matt's at his locker and Rebecca comes up and says hi. And he like gives her this death look like, 
Why are you talking to me? You literally tried to kill me like two days ago. And she says, I know you're still angry. I ran you off the bridge. (laughs) I never wanted to hurt you. Excuse me. (laughs) Yeah, she's, I mean, she makes the point that like her brother had just been killed and this was the only way she could find to stop all of them from dying. And I'm like, Yes, that is valid, but probably Matt's not going to appreciate this explanation and want to come to your party. Like, I'm very sorry, Rebecca. Rebecca's feeling hurt and vulnerable because of Elena's dig about Klaus being the only one who likes her. So she's trying to, like, look around her social network to find somebody to prove Elena wrong. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, first, I'm going to go for the guy who I almost murdered and whose car I drowned (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he probably didn't have automobile insurance. <laughs> oh my gosh. But Matt's not having any of it. He gives the death glare. He dramatically closes his locker and walks away. And then I think he runs into Connor next, right? Yeah. And Connor like comes up and sees that Matt has that fancy band-aid covering his <laughs> wrist wound. And he, like, peels it back and he's like, oh, yeah, kinky girlfriend, huh? Which one of your friends is a bloodsucker? And Matt's all like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Connor's like, tell me. And then Matt has the idea to say, Rebecca Michelson. So he throws Rebecca under the bus here. Yep. Uh, Rebecca ran him off a bridge. He throws her under a bus. Honestly, I felt like it was kind of smart for Matt to, like, come up with that in the moment because I didn't think that he would be intelligent enough to, right? like, to say that it was anyone but Elena. It was quick thinking. It was. I was expecting him to, like, try to say one of the Salvatores. But yeah. He yeah. Uh, pulled together all his remaining brain cells and came up with a good plan. <laughs> uh, and he's about to lose the couple that he had left because Connor's, like, when you wake up, she'll be long gone. And then he like bashes Matt's head against the locker so that he, I guess, passes out. This guy also has some rage issues. Also, where is anyone in this school? So far, we've had a literal pencil stabbing. We've had two guys like alone in a classroom where one of them was an adult and was intimidating a child into bringing them a vampire so that they could teach them how to be a killer and also an attack in the hallway and like no one has said anything or noticed anything and heather's probably wandering around the halls with this gaping neck wound and heather gosh let's not forget (laughs) just a typical day at mystic falls i go timberwolves (laughs) oh boy so then we uh, go to Damon's bedroom, where Elena is snooping quite frantically, and Damon's like, hey, what's the deal? Right, right. And her excuse is that she's in Damon's room because she's looking for bourbon that she has to drink so that she could get through Rebecca's party, which I, I think I forgot to mention that they decided that they were going to go to, like, mm. like late last scene when they were chatting with Caroline uh, but they wanted to like go back and like get changed first or something but yeah Elena said yeah. she wanted to go to prove that Rebecca can't intimidate her oh okay sure Elena. Did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like okay Elena that's a terrible excuse because we all know that there's like an entire drinks cart with crystal like decanters of bourbon downstairs in the main room why are you in Damon's bedroom 
But Damon takes advantage of the situation to say, oh, it's in the top dresser drawer, which, oops, surprise, that's actually his underwear drawer. LOL. It's like we all know that uh, Damon has at least once gone through Elena's underwear drawer, so now at least it's, you know, they're even on the (laughs) panty sniffing. (laughs) But it comes out that she's secretly looking for the white oak steak because she super wants to murder Rebecca. Wow, things escalated quickly there. Yeah. Meanwhile, Damon just starts disrobing. And Elena is not leaving. And he says, oh, are you staying for the show? And she feels awkward. She does. But also, why does he just start, like, taking off his clothes in that moment? I mean, it is his bedroom and he does have a wound to treat. Oh, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) And right, he like he likes to be naked in front of Elena, you know. It's it's <laughs> one of his hobbies. Yeah. Then so we go to we, the woods. Yeah, we leave those two at it, and we see Jeremy arriving at Connor's camper. And I don't know if they start off with like some small talk or what, but I think the gist is that Jeremy tells Connor that if he wants to find a vampire that he should talk to Meredith Fell because she works at the hospital and has an agreement where she gives a vampire blood and then the vampire gives her their blood to use during surgeries. And this is like an inside job, right? Like from Jeremy, like he knows what he's doing. He's not like on Connor's side or anything. Yes, it is a scheme. A scheme. There we go. And Connor's like, oh, this is the problem with everything and he goes on a very evil arc type rant about like you enable the vampires with these deals and then they make more vampires and people find out this is a good place for vampires and suddenly the place is crawling with vampires ah i hate vampires but um as long as people are getting crunk at this party later i'll make sure that they all die and jeremy doesn't ask any follow-up questions about this or like try to figure out the plan which he's very obviously alluding to some sort of poisoning of the alcohol. Right, yeah. Like, even Jeremy is not that dumb that he wouldn't understand what Connor's trying to say, but apparently he is because nobody tries to stop him. Right, and I think that Jeremy would be more concerned because he probably, like, knew that Elena, for example, was, like, gonna go to the party, so he wouldn't just, like, ignore it and be like, well, I don't give a shit about any of those people. He's probably just so happy to be included in a scheme with Damon. It's making him feel very important. So he's very focused and committed to that and doesn't have enough like attention span to worry about anything else. (laughs) And then we go to Rebecca's new house, which doesn't look very exciting, but it's fine, I guess. Yeah, it's like a modern farmhouse, I guess. She does have a very big kitchen with uh, one of those like hoods over the stove that always seems very fancy to me yes for all the cooking she does (laughs) i would watch a cooking show with rebecca i would too i would like that (laughs) i want to see rebecca on the great british bake-off oh wow she would bring a whole new attitude to it (laughs) no soggy bottoms for rebecca (laughs) anyway rebecca's now they at the party having a great time truly of course. And Stefan and Elena arrive and notice that they didn't have to be invited in. Because oh. none of these vampires 
care about home security, apparently. They don't. They don't. Yeah, so they were like, who owns this house or who died here that, like, made us able to walk in without any problem? But something weird happens when Stefan and Elena walk in. Like, Stefan, like, compels this random dude to give his beer to Elena. Like, why does, why did that happen? Because I was like, does Stefan know about, like, the poisoning? But that wouldn't make any sense. But the keg is poisoned, so, like, all the beers are poisoned. But there's, like, this cup, specific solo cup, makes, like, a journey through many hands in the following scenes for no real reason. Okay, yeah, maybe they're just trying to be cute in the show or something. I don't know. know. But it was, like, very prominent, like... Yeah. This is the sif- the sisterhood of the traveling solo cup. <laughs> yeah, and then Stefan's like, I need something stronger than beer. I can't get drunk off of this. And he's... he goes off to find some Coke or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Elena sees April wandering around. It's like, oh, hey, I should probably check in on this traumatized child. So we pause at the party um, and we go over to Tyler's where Caroline has arrived. So she's knocking on the door and she's like, hey, Tyler, like, let's go over to Rebecca's party. And Tyler's like, well, actually, I can't because I'm on house arrest now. And she's like, from who? Your mom? Like, shut up. Let's go. And he's like, no, you know, not my mom. But Klaus is back. And Caroline's like, fucking seriously. I know. And Tyler's acting very shifty. He is. And Klaus finds this delightful because he wanders into the study where Haley is and is like, I don't know you. You seem to be a hot lady and you're at Tyler's house and he's acting all suspicious up at the front door. I now have yet another evil plan brewing. And we know Klaus like loves drama, so mm. <laughs> he's able to... like weave together this like tale of like what he thinks happened between (laughs) Haley and Tyler. And now that like the love triangle has been at least temporarily resolved he needs a new source of relationship shit stirring. (laughs) He does. But before we see that really uh, boil over we go to Rebecca's kitchen where Elena gives April the stranger's beer. (laughs) (laughs) and april's like you used to babysit me who are you alaric the adult chaperone from hell (laughs) oh my gosh so irresponsible and is like yeah whatever drink yeah and then they like immediately like start talking about her dad again which i guess is like what you would do in like this circumstance but yeah april starts like dropping truth bombs and she's like Listen, when I came home from boarding school, my dad could smell cigarettes on my coat before I even got into the house. There's no way that he wouldn't have noticed, like, a gas leak. And I know that the town didn't do any sort of investigation because it was clearly an accident. But I really feel like something is off here. And Elena's like, hmm, okay. Meanwhile, I'm like, how could somebody smell cigarette smoke from outside of the house that was on somebody's clothes? Was Pastor Young a vampire? That's what I was, honestly, that's, like, what I was thinking. I'm like, that's, like, some super senses. That's what where I thought she was going with it. But, yeah. no, she was just like, no, he just had a really good sense of smell. <laughs> He's probably, like, one of those guys who can smell when somebody's on their period. Oh, gross, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, she 
is starting to form conspiracy theories, but it is now going to just drink about it instead. Yeah. And then Rebecca walks in <laughs> and I think April's still there for this too. And Elena like asks Rebecca if she's the one who like broke in and killed the council and blew everything up. And Rebecca's like, there's no way that I would get involved with some dodgy middle-aged council. Yeah, she's like, I don't give a fuck about the council. I'm an original vampire. Like, who gives a shit? I just love that she called them dodgy and middle-aged. Like, it's just so funny. Yeah. I think April had left the room at this point. Otherwise, she would have had a lot more questions. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it would have made later scenes much more confusing as well. Yeah. But Rebecca is very annoyed that Elena has come into her house on the day of her daughter's wedding and made these accusations. (laughs) And drink her beer. Yes. And at some point she steals the beer that April had been holding Mm -hmm. and she takes a sip of it and, oh, she takes it from Elena, who I guess April had given it back to. And while she was taking the cup, she also used her like magician sleight of hand skills to pull the gaudy ass ring off of elena's finger and elena starts sizzling because it's a very beautiful like sunny room yes at first i was like what the hell is going on yep and elena has to rush into a shadowy corner and she's like ah, i am i am the rager i hate you <laughs> and then rebecca just throws her gaudy ass ring in the garbage disposal it turns it on and it's all like clake and metal in there. Oh, there was a bad sound. Yeah. And Elena is, you know, in need of that ring. So she has to dash through some sunlight and stick her hand in a garbage disposal, which thankfully she had the like presence of mind to turn off first. Yeah. Uh, and she grabs the ring out and now she's just even more mad than she was before. Soon she shall be the Hulk. Yes, she is not happy. And we see at this point that she actually does have the white oak stake. She got it from the Salvatore somehow. Where was she holding this is my question, because I was looking at her outfit and it did not make any sense to me. I feel like she must have had a bag or something. Yeah. I wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> I don't know, because the every time I see the white oak stake, I'm like, this thing is huge. It's yeah. like... It's, like, two feet long, and it's, like, entwined with, like, silver and metal. And I noticed that it was still, like, imbued with some Klaus blood, which was pretty gross. Yeah. Wash that steak. I know. But Stefan comes in, I think, at this point and sees that she has the steak and is like, Elena, need I remind you that if you murder an original vampire, thousands upon thousands of other vampires will also just spontaneously die all over the world. And none of us were concerned about that last season when we were planning to kill all of the ones who didn't originate our bloodline, but suddenly I have a moral objection to vampire genocide. I know. Like, Stefan sounds like Yoda here or something. He's like, rage is powerful, but guilt will destroy you. Like, he's, like, being all, like, level-headed and judgy towards elena yes he says it'll be satisfying for 10 seconds but then she'll feel so guilty about all the random vampires she murdered but what if she won't that was what i was thinking like what because none of them were gonna feel guilty about it like a week ago whenever last season finale happened right 
Yeah, it's like Stefan holding Elena to like a higher standard again than everybody else. Yeah, Stefan's whole deal right now seems to be just like terror that Elena will turn into a ripper because he mm-hmm. doesn't understand that other people do not have his baggage. So he's just like, Elena's feelings must be guarded at all costs, lest yeah. she become me and I can no longer love her. Because <laughs> I hate myself, so if she was like me, I would have to hate her too. Oh, wow. But he's like, so let's chill out, let's leave this party and go for a ride on my motorbike. I don't know why I made him British. <laughs> it just is what it is. He probably would say motorbike. <laughs> And Elena's like, all right, yeah, like, that's fine. So her and Stefan start exiting the party. And on her way out, Elena's like, wait a second. I didn't, like, have enough to drink. And then she does, like, this keg stand that is the most beautiful piece of gymnastic work I have ever seen. She, like, holds herself up over the keg, like, on her own and, like, has, like, stick straight, like, legs and back. And then just, like, chugs for a good, like, ten seconds. And everybody at the party is pumped. They're like, chug, chug, chug. This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Yes. And Rebecca is watching on like, oh, why does Elena have to be so talented at keg stands? It makes me angry. <laughs> why is the attention not on me? This is my party. party. <laughs> and Rebecca like turns and like walks inside and we see her like start to like get all woozy and she turns like a grayish weird green color yeah something's like going on with the veins in her face yeah something's not right she's not feeling so hot and then we head back to uh shit stir central where klaus approaches tyler about the whole Haley thing and is like i should accuse you of banging this trifling hoe and I want to bang your girlfriend, so I'm very delighted to have this kind of shit over your head. Let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, you went to the Appalachians and met a hot lady, and one thing probably led to another. And now uh, I hold the cards of love. That's exactly how it went down. Klaus is such a catty bitch. Like, he he wants this drama, and he knows that it's going to help him get to Caroline for sure. And Tyler's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Shut up. And they're like getting all in each other's faces. But he doesn't deny it. He just looks yeah, mad. Yeah, he does not deny it. And I genuinely don't remember if those two boned or not. So I'm interested to see how this plays out. <laughs> Me too. I feel like they must have. I don't trust Tyler that much. Yeah. But it's definitely tense all up in that room. But then it's interrupted when Damon calls Tyler but Klaus answers. And yeah. Apparently Damon was calling to see if Tyler wanted to help with the scheme to uh, murder Connor. But Klaus is like, ah, no, nah, he's busy, but I am in for this plan. I'm team murder. This is so bizarre because they went from like Klaus being like their public enemy number one now to like just teaming up with him because they have a common enemy. I guess that's how things work in the vampire world, but. Yep. It's always like the enemies are teaming up against the new enemies and then they're yeah. enemies with each other again, but then they're friends. Like, it's yeah. like how on all these teen shows, everybody eventually dates everybody else. But like, that's also true on this show. But with the added <laughs> bonus of everybody also eventually does some kind of murder scheme with everybody else. <laughs> yes. 
And that's why we love it. We do. So plans are being laid for Connor's demise, but we have this beautiful scene first where (laughs) Stefan is like riding his motorcycle through these like fields of flowers or like whatever the fuck. And (laughs) Elena's on the back of the motorcycle. And then she stands up and doesn't hold on to fucking anything. She's like, and when I say stand up, I mean, her feet were on the seat. She wasn't just like standing up on like the, pedal part or whatever you would call that on a motorcycle it's like this is so fucking dangerous and this is not how gravity and physics work again i said i was not a physicist but i know enough that like (laughs) that motorcycle is traveling at at least 50 miles per hour at a a conservative estimate and she is like 100 pounds and standing straight up not holding on to anything with her arms flung out like she's the king of the world (laughs) And I'm like, I guess she probably has, like, better balance as a vampire, but did it, like, her center of gravity change to her feet when she turned into a vampire or something? (laughs) Like, she would not be able to stand upright. It doesn't make sense. I thought there was going to be an accident, truthfully. I was like, there's no way. I was really just waiting for there to be, like, a power line or a low-hanging branch and her to just get clotheslined and fly (laughs) off. (laughs) That would have made me Uh... laugh. I mean, she would have been fine. Yeah. And it would have been funny. But instead, we just have this heartfelt scene where Elena gets a freeing moment of happiness where she's not filled with rage and she feels free and Stefan's happy. So I guess it serves its purpose, but it was not nearly as dramatic as I was expecting it to be. (laughs) Yes. They're having a nice time, I guess. Yes. More power to them. So then, while all of this beautiful motorcycle riding is happening, a major plot is going down over at Mystic Falls Hospital. So you'll have to bear with me because this had a lot of moving parts it did. to it. I, I like. really want to hear what you explain it. <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll try my best. All right, so it starts off with Meredith walking into the supply closet and she has a giant gauze a la, vid- a la Vicky on <laughs> on her neck like it is so like huge and then connor sees her with this giant bandage and figures out that he must that she must have just like done vampire business and he follows her into the storage closet and we see that she was essentially luring him in there because damon was waiting in there and so was klaus Mm-hmm. So basically, they use Connor's own booby trap to trap him within the supply closet. Yes, he gets shot with an arrow in each shoulder. Yes. And I think we have like a brief moment where we go away from the scene to like do a couple of other things. I don't know. But that's, yeah. Yeah. At this point, we just get Damon dramatically revealing himself and being like, I'm not a germaphobe, I'm a vampire. Right. And then Connor tries to reach for his gun, but Klaus emerges and kicks it away. And it's like, oh, my God, they oh, banded yeah. together against a common enemy. What's going to happen? And Klaus has a good, hello, mate. <laughs> hello, governor. In there. <laughs> and then we cut to Stefan and Elena passionately making out. Yes. They are having heightened vampire sex, basically. But partway through, Elena starts hallucinating that Stefan is Damon. 
And she's like, ew, get off me. And she, like, pushes Stefan away. And he's like, what's wrong? Yeah. But then she starts feeling a little woozy and Rebecca-esque. Because yeah. that keg was hella poisoned with werewolf venom. <laughs> Shocking. Right. This is all Jeremy's fault. It is all Jeremy's fault. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, Elena is hallucinating. Then we go over to Rebecca's house where Matt has arrived, I guess. Oh, yeah. So, like, we have this scene where, like, Matt walks in and he's like, oh, like, Rebecca, you don't look so hot. She's like, yeah, well, you know, it's not the white oak dagger, so it can't kill me. And then Matt lays down some, like, serious truths. So he goes on about how, like, his favorite thing about Rebecca is that she had a thousand years to, like, learn and grow and, like, start fresh. But that she constantly throws it all away and that she's alone and like the reason that she doesn't find love is because she doesn't deserve it and then she just like rips out his heart and i was watching it and i was like what the fuck like they're just gonna do matt dirty like that like all of a sudden like i was i wasn't that sad to see him go honestly but i was like shocked at like the speed at which it happened but then we realize that this is also a hallucination sequence. Yes. And that makes me so sad because all of this was like things that Rebecca thinks about herself and yeah. like her guilt about Matt, who she sees as like somebody who she could have had a, like a healthy relationship with under different circumstances. And she's putting these words in his mouth because she thinks that she's awful and pathetic and doesn't deserve love and nobody likes her. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, Rebecca, you have your issues, but no, honey. <laughs> Sorry, Rebecca. Yep. And then back to the supply closet at the hospital, which, by the way, is like an entire like nurse's lounge size. It just has like a lot of wire racks in it with supplies on them. Yes, but luckily it's not like too many supplies that we can't see through all of the <laughs> shelves and like still understand what's happening from multiple angles. Yeah, and so they, uh, Klaus and Damon are looming over Connor, and he's like, you're just going to kill me anyway, so, like, why don't I just blow myself up? And Klaus says, let's not be too hasty, which I cannot hear that those words without immediately getting one jump ahead from Aladdin in my head. <laughs> let's not be too hasty. Still, I think he's rather tasty. Tasty. <laughs> Like, the creepiest line in a Disney song ever. It is. Oh, my gosh. We watched Aladdin recently because I wanted to show it to Harrison. Aww. And it is, it's a little, it's a little problematic, but also some of the songs are still really good. He didn't really like it that much, though. Really? It wasn't his favorite. Yeah. I definitely liked Aladdin, but I also have a clear memory of one time, like, rewatching it on VHS and falling asleep during it. And I am not one to fall asleep during movies, especially not as a kid. So it was, like, really weird and stuck in my memory that I fell asleep during Aladdin. Yeah. That would be, like, a weird one to, like, nap to or, like, wake up to because, like, there's a lot of, like, scary parts in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, memories. Anyway, enough about Aladdin. Let's not be too hasty, Klaus says. Uh, They have some questions for Connor about, like, what the hell is going on with Pastor Young's weird letter like what could be more evil than klaus <laughs> says klaus <laughs> yeah what could be more evil than me <laughs> and then things take a weird turn because 
Connor's like, it doesn't matter, like, whatever, I'm gonna die anyway, and if I do die, there's another one ready to take my place. Oh, right. And he says something about his tattoo, or somebody says something about a tattoo. Maybe it was Damon, I don't know. But Klaus is like, tattoo? What is this about a tattoo? I feel like they're all talking about the tattoo too much, and it wouldn't actually happen in real life. Yeah, it's a little awkward. Yeah. But then Klaus grabs one of uh, Connor's little stakes with the fancy coat of arms or whatever on it. And he says, you're one of the five, aren't you? And Connor's like, like, the who? Yeah, not even Connor knows what he's talking about. And then Connor's like, well, fuck this. And he triggers the trap. And there's a big old explosion. Yes. Wow. It's a bold move. So... We leave the hospital for a few minutes while, I guess, the dust settles, if you will. (laughs) And uh, we go over to Stefan and Elena, and they're at the boarding house. And Stefan realizes, like, what is going on here. So apparently he's been trying to call Klaus um, on his cell phone because he wants Klaus to come over and feed his blood to Elena because since she's a hybrid... A vampire. Or a vampire. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Since I I I okay. I tried to say doppelganger, which was also wrong. I mean she is a doppelganger. Yes, but that's not the reason why. Um Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm so tired. Because she's a vampire, only Klaus's blood can heal her from the vamp uh the werewolf venom. Yes. Really struggled through that one. <laughs> you got there, though. <laughs> yes. Eventually. And at some point here, Elena once again hallucinates that Damon's there. And the Damon hallucination says something like, now that you're a vampire, you know that you're more like me than him. Oh. And she's like, ah, werewolf, venom. <laughs> That's right. And Klaus comes and he's like, Stefan, nine voicemails is a little excessive, don't you think? I laughed at that part. But he's like, please, pretty please, will you heal my girlfriend? And then Klaus says some kind of vague bullshit about like having a use for Elena after all. Which yeah. does not get explained and I don't remember what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, I figured it has to have something to do with like what the five is just because like it's new yeah yeah i don't know who knows not me very mysterious but elena will live to see another day i was very uh worried that she might die of a vampire venom injunction yes it seemed likely (laughs) this would be the thing that finally gets her out and then the weirdest fucking thing happens we go back to rebecca's house where she's hanging out in her bedroom and april Comes into her bedroom uninvited and is, like, cleaning up bottles or something. Oops, sorry. I just, like, ruined everything. Um, no, you're good. She comes into her bedroom and is, like, disposing of trash. And, like, were people partying in Rebecca's bedroom? Like, what's going on? And also, why are you walking into a stranger's bedroom at their party and giving them grief? She's like, oh, so you ditched your own party. Bold move. Yeah, it is a very odd thing to do. And, like, April seems like a pretty, like, outgoing, friendly person. So I guess, like, she is more comfortable with some social graces than I would be. But I don't know. It was a little weird. 
<laughs> it's hard to get a read on what April's deal is. Yeah, definitely. But she's basically like, I'd rather clean your house than uh, go home and think about how my whole family's dead. Right. And Rebecca and looks like, at her like, oh, I also know what it's like to lose your whole family. She has like a flicker of recognition in her eye and it's like so sad. And somebody's finally being nice to her. And as we all have learned, if anybody is even like mildly polite to Rebecca, she will latch on to them because uh-huh. she is so starved of love and affection. So she's like, if you want, I can look into this explosion for you. I can help you investigate. And April's like, uh, okay, like, can you actually do that? Rebecca's all like, you'd be surprised. Yes. So that's an unlikely duo. Yeah. But just, like, imagine yourself in April's shoes, like, just some random girl from your school is like, oh, I'll help you investigate your father's murder. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, my God. So now that we have a new duo we go over to the hospital again where luckily mayor carol lockwood has arrived on the scene and she's there talking with damon and she's like well damon i can't say that like i always agree with your methods but at least we can call off the curfew now yes because they assume that connor's body is uh exploded all over that room (laughs) Yes. And Carol's like, oh, you know, an explosion at the hospital. No big. No big. It's a net benefit to the town. Also, like, why was she so... I mean, I get it. Like, you don't really want a curfew in your town. But, like, it just seems like a very weird public safety or political move to call off the curfew right after the hospital explosion. (laughs) Yeah, that is a good point. But if there's a town curfew, then Carol can't go trawling the bars at night looking for some uh, cougar cubs. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Nobody's stopping Carol, that's for sure. But somebody at least is a little bit concerned about there being an explosion at the hospital. Uh, Meredith is like, when I agreed to be a part of this scheme, I thought we were just luring this vampire hunter into a room for innocent reasons. That wouldn't involve violence and death. And, like, there are sick people in this hospital who don't need bombs going off down the hall. Right. That was, like, the first medically sound uh, information she has said this whole show. But it's like, you know she's just going to give them all vampire blood if they got hurt anyway, so. Yeah. Calm <laughs> down, Meredith. <laughs> but Damon's like, oh, well, you know, killed the hunter now so I can get out of town. And Meredith's like, you're not going to leave town. That's stupid. You gotta stay, and I'm not gonna go drinking with you because I'm not a Laric. Get a new friend. Yeah, and she, like, tells him that he needs to fix things with Stefan and Elena. Mm-hmm. And it was sad because I could tell that, like, David really misses Alaric, and he's, like, trying to, like, have Meredith be, like, a stand-in, but she's not having it. How sad when your best op- option for a new friend is Meredith Bell. <laughs> I know. Ugh, and being rejected for friendship by Meredith fell also a huge diss. Yeah, th- sorry, Damon. This is a bad day for you, my friend. Yeah. But then we go then... back to the Salvatore boarding house for mm-hmm. a conversation with our two favorite ba- vampire buddies. Yeah, Stefan and Caroline have spent a lot of time together this episode between like the earlier one where they were chatting about Elena at school, and now they're both at the boarding house. 
And Stefan's like just kind of like, I guess, reflecting on the day. And he is talking to like Caroline and he tells her that it seems like she really grew into herself like when she became a vampire. And she's like, oh, yeah, as compared to like the anxious mess I was before (laughs) I became a vampire. Yes. And Stefan reveals that he's really worried that he because he wants Elena to have fun and enjoy the good parts of being a vampire but if he's around her and she's having fun then he can't be his true emo self and if he has even a tiny bit of fun he will become a ripper again wow yeah and i'm like that's a leap but maybe he's been watching buffy and saw the episode where it was revealed that if angel had one moment of true happiness that he would turn into angelus and lose his soul and that happened when he fucked buffy for the first time wow and he's like, wow, I am a lot like this angel character. So if I have any moment of true happiness, I will also become a serial killer again. <laughs> but he basically asked Caroline to be his sponsor. Yeah. And it's actually very cute because Caroline's like, you know, the reason I'm good at being a vampire is because you helped me. So of, mm-hmm. cor- of course I'll help you if you need me to like keep you in check. Yeah, she's not going to let him lose control. So she'll be helping Stefan and Elena, too. And once again, I enjoy when Stefan is friends with blonde vampires. (laughs) So after that nice moment with Stefan and Caroline, we have to check in on Elena, who's over at her house. And Matt has arrived. I guess he's there for his, like, second feeding of the day or whatever. It's dinner time. (laughs) Yeah. So Elena, like, starts to feed on his wrist, and he's like, Elena, that hurts. And you could, like, tell that, like, she's, like, going more aggressively than she was before. And Matt's like, like, get off, like, please stop. And Elena is not stopping. So we're like, oh, is this actually the end for Matt? (laughs) (laughs) But luckily, I guess, uh, Damon is there, so he just, like zooms in and like pushes Elena off of Matt to like have her stop and then she gets another like really good angry gray face and she's like ah, I need to feed I'm so hungry but then she comes to shortly after that and she's like oh my god what have I done I'm so sorry Matt I'm so sorry yeah and Damon starts walking toward Matt and Matt just like recoils in terror because Damon has recently tried to murder him multiple times. So yeah. Fair enough. But Damon's like, chill. I'm over that. I'm just going to compel you. I'm not going to heal you with my blood because apparently we don't do that anymore. Uh, I'm just going to compel you to think that you came over. Elena took an appropriate amount of blood out of your body and you went home and yeah. Matt leaves because yeah. apparently he's not on Vervain. Well, I guess he can't be on Vervain if he needs to feed Elena. So that makes sense. Okay. But I'm always yeah. surp- surprised when I see one of the main human characters get compelled. I'm like, this shouldn't be possible. <laughs> uh, but luckily, Matt won't have any recollection of that moment because Elena was looking scary there for a second. Yeah. But she's freaking out now, like, I'm a monster, whatever. And Damon's like, look, you're a vampire and this is part of the territory. You didn't do anything wrong. I'm going to give you vampire lessons so that you can be a real vampire because the stuff that Stefan tells you is bullshit. Yeah. 
And I was, like, relieved when I heard this because I feel like whatever Stefan's trying to do with Elena is just, like, a lot of, like, bad news. Like, and it makes no sense. And she's, like, suffering because of it. Yeah. All of his stuff with Elena is about himself. It's like, I want her to have fun so that I don't feel guilty about her being a vampire. But I can't have fun with her or I'll become a ripper. And I can't let her do anything that might make her feel bad because then she'll become a ripper. It's all about me. (laughs) But anyway, we leave the love triangle for this week and go over to House of Klaus, I guess. Oh, no, we're in the trailer. Sorry. Yeah, the trailer. And Connor's there all in one piece. What happened? Does he have super healing? Does he have super speed? Oh, no. Klaus just zoomed him away right before the explosion, I guess. That's some fast moving. (laughs) Yeah. And he's very confused. Klaus says something again about the five. And Connor's like, I don't know them. Yeah, and Klaus is all like, you don't know your own history. Well, this means now you're going to be the most well-protected vampire hunter in town. What? And that's the end of the episode. And I feel like as cliffhangers go, that one's... We don't have enough information to, like, be really intrigued by that i feel like i am but like it makes like literally like no sense right. so i guess you're right i'm like not like oh my god i'm just a little more confused than i am at the end of <laughs> most yeah. other episodes usually a cliffhanger is like a twist with a very obvious like not like knowing what's going to come next but like understanding the stakes of what's happening right but here it's just like okay there's something called the five and connor Needs to be alive for some reason, but, like, there's no way to have any idea what the fuck Klaus's deal is right now. And so it's just like, oh, okay, I guess we'll find out more information about this. That's cool. <laughs> but whatever. I'm pretty sure the next episode is called The Five. Or, if not the next one, then some episode soon. So we will learn more about that later. Sounds good. Overall, I feel like this episode wasn't quite as strong as, like, the first other couple of this season. I don't know. It felt a little bit messy to me. It wasn't my fave. Yeah. It had its moments, but it was kind of a filler episode to me. Yeah. Because it's mostly just about Elena being really mad at Rebecca. And I'm like, that's legit. But also, like, they just kept on hammering the same point over and over for the whole time. Right. Like, Elena just gets steadily more and more angry. But then, like, doesn't really do anything about it in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it's still setting up what's going to happen in the rest of the season. For the season. For we got sure. a new character. Uh, what are your thoughts on Haley so far? Oh, yeah. I feel like I like her, but I'm also very threatened by her because <laughs> I I don't want Tyler to have cheated on Caroline mm. um, while he was gone. Because I feel like Caroline would be extraordinarily upset if that were to happen. Definitely. And I don't think that they made any sort of agreement or anything <laughs> that, like, he could, you know, have people in different area codes when he was traveling <laughs> or whatever the hell. That doesn't seem like a Caroline type of uh, agreement to set up, so. Yeah, not exactly. I, yeah, but I definitely think that Tyler cheated on her, though. Bum, bum, bum. Drama. My main feeling about Haley right now is that she has my last name as her first name, but she spells it wrong. Oh. It's H-A-Y-L-E-Y. That's one more Y than you need. Too many Ys. Too many Ys. (laughs) 
But it's okay. Also, I think this probably gets better with time, but her Australian accent was slipping (laughs) several times. Oh, I didn't even think that she was trying to hide it. I was like, what is her? I was like, is this supposed to be like an Appalachian accent or something? She's like, I'm pretty sure she's supposed to be American. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, then no, it's horrible because she was like, it was the way that she said scotch. I think she said scotch like two different times or like scotch (laughs) and Klaus. She's like. Clash and scotch. <laughs> like, it was like. That sounded like Sean Connery. <laughs> it did, but so did she. Uh, <laughs> I'll see if I can find the clip of what I'm thinking of. But yeah, her accent was definitely slipping and she did not sound American at all. <laughs> well, she fits right in with uh, the originals, I guess, <laughs> with <laughs> confusing accents <laughs> that come and go. Yes. Put her in a room with Elijah and try to figure out what the hell's going on. Oh my gosh, I would not be able to understand a word in that set, in that conversation. <laughs> so, do you have any theories on what's up with the five and with Klaus's new plan? Speaking uh, as somebody who doesn't really remember, I feel like it's some sort of like, I mean, I don't know. There's so many things in the show that like end up being like super like important part of like vampire lore. And I feel like that has to be something like that. If, like, Klaus knows it and, like, nobody else does, it has to be, like, old-timey. But I I don't know. Like, is he, like, actually a vampire? Like, I don't know. It's, I, I don't have a cohesive prediction. Okay. Yeah, they didn't really give us much to go on. No. Except that he has freaky tattoos. Yeah. That only yeah. Jeremy Gilbert can see. <laughs> so bizarre all right well i think we're ready to head into our segments so i'm gonna ask you who you want to punch hmm i think i'm going to this is a hard one i feel like there's an obvious choice and then there's a choice that i don't want to make but i feel like i have to so i'm gonna go with that one i want to punch rebecca oh i know i do love her but she was a lot this episode (laughs) I think the fact that she was trolling Elena so hard was, like, a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she stabs her, stakes her with the pencil, like, in the morning at school. And I think one of the worst things, too, was that, like, when they were talking about the fact that they were back in a large classroom for the first time, and then like, Rebecca was all... Oh, I'm here in history class. I can't wait for Mr. Stoltzman to walk in and start teaching us. Oh, wait, that's right. He won't be because I killed him. <laughs> like, it was just so <laughs> horrible, like, for Elena. And then she had, like, the whole deal with biting Heather. Yeah. Being jealous at the party. I don't know. I just think a lot of the drama this episode was due to Rebecca. And I know that she's in a lot of pain, but... It just didn't sit right with me this this episode. I can accept that. Yeah. I know I've high-fived her for like three weeks running, but she didn't have her best week this week. Oh, definitely not. And not to mention the old rig in the garbage disposal. <laughs> Br- totally brutal. <laughs> yep. Uh, who do you want to punch, Claire? Uh, might be obvious, but I want to punch Connor. 
That was going to be my obvious choice, yeah. And, like, what puts it over the edge for me is him injecting a thing into Tyler's gums and making oh. me relive dental trauma. How dare you? Yeah. How very dare you, Connor? Get out of here with your mouth <laughs> syringes. Oh, I agree with that choice for sure. On the other hand, who do you want to high five? Oh, gosh. That's a good question. Who do I want to high five? Oof. I guess I want to high five Klaus just for being such a catty bitch. <laughs> I like that. Yes. And like his little shit eating grin when he realized that he had something to hold over Tyler's head. Yeah. I'm like, I kind of like Klaus more in the state where he's just like a shit stirrer and not actually trying to murder everybody. It's way more fun. Where he's like kind of still a bad guy, but he's not the main villain. Like everybody's not trying to kill him for the third season running. <laughs> it's a better vibe. Totally. I could I could get behind that. Who would you like to high five? I think that I'm going to pick Damon. Okay. Yeah. I feel like he's being very decent to Elena um, and he doesn't necessarily have to be. And like the thing that stood out to me this episode is like when he says that he's going to teach Elena like how to actually be a vampire um, because she's not getting shit from Stefan and she (laughs) needs like some additional help and guidance and to avoid killing Matt at least. I also kind of felt bad for Damon in this episode when he keeps, like, reaching out to Meredith for, like, friendship and assistance with, like, his vampire work against Connor. (laughs) But yeah, Damon coming through this week. Yeah. He had a good week. He did. Man, I feel like that was very quick and easy for both of us. It was, yeah. Not so much Hammond and Hod. It was a a little straightforward for us this week. Go team. (laughs) But we have to go from our highest highs to our lowest lows. Uh, why are men? Ugh, why are they? I feel like I covered most of my feelings about Stefan already and how he makes Elena's problems all about him and his problems and just projecting his own baggage onto everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And like he doesn't even like realize that he's doing it either. Like yeah. it, it just makes him feel like that he's like a super great person for like looking out for Elena in these ways. You know what I mean? It Mm -hmm. makes it even harder to stomach. Yeah. I think the other thing that jumped out for me this episode is the whole Tyler and Haley potential issue. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I never thought that Tyler was perfect, but (laughs) I... Really? (laughs) I felt like he really loves... Caroline and like respects their relationship so the idea that he was just banging it out over (laughs) the Appalachian Mountains while she was alone dealing with all the bullshit back in Mystic Falls um, really makes me angry and I feel like infidelity is not something that I would wish upon Caroline and Tyler seems like a sack of shit at the moment even though we're not sure that anything happened but i don't know yeah the thing is it's kind of like when jeremy was seeing anna's ghost and didn't tell bonnie about it and like nothing had happened but it made it inappropriate because he wasn't he was hiding it from bonnie yeah i feel like it's a similar thing like regardless of whether he slept with Haley or, or had anything with her or not he was definitely hiding her from caroline like he was trying to get caroline to leave 
And Caroline's like, oh, no, I'd rather stay here and hang out. Like, I don't want to go to Rebecca's party. He's like, oh, no, no, you should go. I won't be any fun. Get out of here. Go, go, go. No reason. Just leave. Yeah. And it's like, that just makes it suspicious. Right. Exactly. And like, I don't know. Caroline probably would have been jealous regardless of what may or may not have happened. So it would have been a thing. But, you know, Haley's in town. She's probably going to meet Caroline at some point. I know. He's not going to keep it secret forever. Yeah. And now we've got Klaus in the mix, who will probably (laughs) spill the beans at the most inopportune moment for Tyler. (laughs) Yep. Aside from those things, though, I feel like this episode was actually not that heavy on the male bullshit. It wasn't really. I think because mostly it was focused on Elena and Rebecca. Yeah. And them, like, the guys teaming up to take down Connor. So, yeah, not as much bullshit as usual. Yeah, it was mostly lady on lady and guy on guy. Yeah. As well it should be. <laughs> Amen. And speaking of which, who should have done it? Uh, this is a hard one, I think. Hmm. I guess. I don't have any strong feelings about any pairings, but just because I always want her to have love, I want Rebecca and April to do it. Ah, okay. Because <laughs> they were, like, the only two characters who were nice to each other and had an, a nice moment <laughs> that didn't have, like, all kinds of weird baggage associated with it. Right. So, like, I don't know how old April's supposed to be, so, like, maybe I just want them to hug and go on a date. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> that's as close as I can get. Sounds good. I like that choice. That's a good one. Hmm. Yeah, like every so I'm like Meredith and Damon, no. Ooh. Elena and Damon, <laughs> yes, but also no. <laughs> Definitely not Stefan and Elena. <laughs> Jeremy and Connor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> the power dynamics at play of like the two of them alone in the classroom at school just gives me so much anxiety. Okay, I pick Haley and. <laughs> The random wolf friend that alerted her to um, <laughs> to come to the Lockwood mansion. Okay. Um, because I don't want her to be with Tyler, but she has a fancy accent and should be with someone. So maybe if she's with the vamp- uh, the werewolf bodyguard, she will stay away from Tyler and Caroline will be happy. All right. Whew, that was a stretch. You found something, though. I'm impressed. I'm proud. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, that takes us to the end of our segments. And uh, I guess I don't really have anything else to say about this episode. I have one special thing that I wanted to add. And we talked about um, this last week. But I always have to highlight one of my favorite lines. Oh, right. Yes. um, This time it wasn't from Mayor Carol Lockwood, which was like the first time in like five episodes. But when Tyler sees that Klaus is at his house, he's like, what are you doing here? You used my body as an escape hatch and also kissed my girlfriend. (laughs) It's like one of these things is not like the other. Also, he's really holding a grudge on the whole Caroline kissing thing. Yes, very much but, so. Yeah, that one, that one made me laugh pretty hard. I forgot we were going to do our favorite quotes, so now I have to look through my notes and find one for myself. Uh, 
my favorite quote is not a line of spoken dialogue, but some written words. Uh, and I think a good message for all of us out there. <laughs> Don't hate. Calculate. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> and now we're done with our segments. Love it. Next week, I promise to remember we have a new segment. <laughs> <laughs> and I promise to forget. <laughs> yes. We got to keep on switching. Yes. <laughs> switching off. Uh... All right. Well, if you have any favorite lines from the episode that you'd like to share with us or anything else uh, you'd like to talk to us about, you can mystic follow us on Twitter at the VD Diaries or Facebook at the Vampire Diaries Diaries. You could also find us on Instagram where the underscore VD underscore diaries underscore podcast. And we love all of the messages and the comments that we're getting there. Um, And if you'd like to send us any communication in more detail, you could also find our email address where vd diaries at gmail.com yes and we are very excited we actually have received three new reviews on itunes since the last time we recorded so thank you so much to tvd fanatic ella casters and this person who used four emojis as their name it's a tongue sticking out laughing uproariously crying and sobbing (laughs) (laughs) oh the reviews were so nice they made my week thank you thank you so much we love you thank you for your kind words and if you want to be loved as much as those three individuals are loved you know what to do go to itunes review us (laughs) (laughs) and i guess that's all i have to say about that he's a ripper